You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. What's up, everybody? This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Well, my brave friends... If you've clicked on this episode, you already know what our topic is for this show today. So we're here today on episode 81, and we are talking about none other than the big O. That's right, the female orgasm. Y'all, I have searched high and low for somebody to talk about this with me. And the reason that I wanted to do an interview style and not just my typical monologue style podcast is because I think that, first of all, there's a level of expertise and depth into this topic that my guest Julie Seibert has that I'm so excited for you guys to hear. But also, I think it's just really important to have another perspective on certain types of topics. Now, Julie is also a Christian marriage intimacy expert. I call her an expert. She calls herself an advocate, but she really is an expert, Trust me, by the time you're finished listening to this podcast, you're going to be like, uh, yeah, expert. But I wanted to have her on the show because I came across some of Julie's work and I love her approach. I love her style. We are literally kindred spirits and we've never met in person. But just in this conversation, we realize that we just have so much in common, not only our passion to help marriages, to thrive and to experience gas pleasure Hello, right? Like, can we just talk about that for a second? Y'all, we have been fed this unfortunate lie that marriage is always hard and it has to be a drudgery and you have to cry and fast and pray through it all. And yeah, you're going to have those seasons where all of that is normal and typical and real. But marriage can also be really pleasurable. And oh my God, sex can be too. And so I have zero shame talking about sexual issues. I have zero shame encouraging you and your boo, your spouse. Let me just go ahead and clarify that. You and your spouse to talk about your sex life, talk about what is pleasurable, what isn't. So The female orgasm is something that I think is so misunderstood. Y'all, we've got women faking it. We've got women who have never experienced orgasm. We've got men who think that they are like balling and they're not. They're just not. And their wives are too ashamed, embarrassed, or don't want to hurt their feelings or loving to tell them, right? And Julie is actually going to talk about that. And so I'm just so excited, y'all. So if you have littles, this would be an episode that you probably don't need them listening to. But if you are with your spouse, turn it up. Turn it up. And I want y'all to listen to this together. If you are a solo spouse, meaning that you listen to all these podcast episodes on your own and your spouse isn't really interested or they're not really interested in changing, my friend, my friend, my heart is with you. And there's still going to be some knowledge and wisdom um, here that you can glean from. So my goal is for every single woman listening today that you experience orgasm in your sex life. Now, let me go back. I'm sorry. Let's rewind, okay? Because y'all know this is about married sex, right? Like if you've listened to my podcast long enough, you know I do not promote fornication, Okay, or adultery. I do not promote sex outside of marriage. So when I say every woman, I think y'all know I mean every wife. But it is my desire that every wife experiences orgasm, maybe even tonight. Maybe you're going to hear something on this episode today that you are going to say, oh, 
That was the missing link. Or now I can stop faking it and I can actually learn my body and learn and teach my husband what to do so that I can go there. All right? Because we need to all experience it. If you've never had an orgasm, I just you just need to experience just one. Just one. And I promise you, you and your spouse will work to get you to experience it again and again and again and again. So without any further ado, I hope that you're all hot and sweaty by this point. I am excited to introduce to you all my new friend, Julie Seibert. Well, I am super excited to have with us today, um, Julie Seibert. Julie and I have just been kind of chatting before we started the recording here, and we are, we've already established that we are kindred spirits. Right. We go there. We are not Mm -hmm. afraid to have these conversations about intimacy and sex and even some of the really specific things that we're going to talk about in this episode. So Julie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here. I'm excited to jump into this conversation. Okay, let's do it. So I know that your website is called Intimacy and Marriage, and we'll talk a lot about what you have on the site. Okay. But you are a, a Christian intimacy advocate. I I consider you an expert. Oh, thank you. I know that you might not have like a counseling degree per se, but just what you have dedicated your life to and the fact that you you are using your real life experiences. Oh, yes. I think to really bring a lot of mm-hmm. um, just dignity, really, even into these conversations that we have about sex. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you be willing to tell us a little bit about your story? I know that you were once married, your mm-hmm. this is your second marriage that you're in right now. So kind of tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to deciding to be a, an intimacy expert or advocate. Okay. Yeah. I was married right out of college and uh, we had kind of a traditional love story, so to speak, fell in love in college. And uh, so we were in our early to mid twenties and you know, I thought our marriage was pretty typical, but I did know that we had some sexual intimacy struggles. And about five years into our marriage, we had a baby. And when that little boy was just under two, my husband left me. Mm -hmm. And I remember vividly thinking uh, throughout our marriage that our sexual intimacy struggles, I remember thinking, oh, we will figure this out someday you know, but we didn't intentionally really address those underlying issues. And I always tell people that my uh, someday arrived in the form of divorce papers. And um, so when I came through all that pain, I just vowed to the Lord that, you know, if he ever brought me another man who I would marry, that I just wouldn't take this area of sexual intimacy in our marriage for granted, and that we'd be more intentional about it. And um, I was fortunate enough to to meet another man. And, and I always like to say that he and I uh, have never regretted that like intentionality that I, I made from the get go. And so I, I give the caveat though, that just because I'm a sexual intimacy advocate, that it's not that sex in our marriage is perfect. It's not that we don't encounter struggles and ups and downs. Um, it is, after all, marriage. You know, that's what we say to people. It is marriage, and, and marriage is messy and takes some effort. So with that, though, I do feel that we have been very intentional about our sexual intimacy. And then I started early in our marriage, I started getting opportunities to speak and 
and write about the topic. I started a website, intimacyandmarriage.com, with the hope my original niche audience was Christian wives. I wanted to speak to wives. Fairly quickly, I was hearing from more husbands than I was wives. And so eventually I changed my niche audience to be Christian couples, husbands and wives, because I think uh, there's a real need out there for authentic voices to speak into it. And uh, Christians maybe in particular don't know where to turn when they're having sexual struggles. I think we're becoming better as a society in talking authentically in the Christian community about sex. But at the time when I started this like 12, 13 years ago, there really was just a handful of us who were speaking specifically on sex. And we've since all networked. I consider them friends, you know, across the country. Uh, so that's really my heart is to speak and write on this topic of sex. And I find that when I do, it really kind of gives people the space to share their stories and to share their heartache and to share their struggles. And then hopefully I can speak into that. Yeah, I completely agree with you as far as when we are free to talk about these issues, it helps. Right. We were speaking, my husband and I were speaking at a marriage conference a couple of weeks ago, and there was a, a wife who came up and she said, you know, I know that it it could have been awkward for you to bring up some of these because we go there. We like, right, there's right. No, like there's nothing that I'm ashamed or embarrassed to talk about. Right, exactly. Said when you guys felt comfortable, it made the rest of us comfortable. And that really, really meant a lot to me. I want to go back to a part of your story, Julie, okay. where you said in your first marriage, you all just really didn't talk about the the sexual issues that you were having. What do you think? Um, why do you think that was? Was it like embarrassment? Was it just you didn't have time to talk about it? Like, what was that? Okay. I think what it really was, we were young, you know, we were in our twenties. Both of us had had sex before, be not with each other though. So we'd kind of made that decision to not have sex till we were married and we just, I felt like we kind of fell into that trap of thinking everything would come naturally. So I think there was that aspect. And I always say, this is why I always say to couples is that uh, whatever path you walk long enough, that becomes your normal. Mm. And so I feel for my first husband and I, we had this unhealthy normal where frequency was an issue. You know, we weren't having, my drive was not very high. I was on birth control, which I know there's lots of debates about how much hormonal birth control impacts drive for mm -hmm. a woman. But I, I personally, my experience was it did impact my drive and negatively. And so here I had this husband who's in his early to mid twenties. You can imagine, you know, um, he wanted to have sex a lot more. I just didn't have much of a drive. So that factor, the other factor going on is I wasn't experiencing pleasure. And so we hadn't either, we didn't have the, the verbiage to be able to express, or we didn't feel comfortable enough to teach each other what felt pleasurable. I didn't understand my own body enough, I think. And so that's a huge thing I talk about a lot is, um, why pleasure is so important in a um, intimate relationship that both a husband and wife are taking the time to not only learn the their spouse's bodies, but to learn their own body and to create a space where it's safe to talk about like, hey, that feels good or no, I need you to do this. And and we just do not get a lot of practice talking about these things. And 
even in like healthy marriage pre-counseling or whatever, a lot of focus is spent on communicating about finances and communicating eventually about parenting, you know, communicating about in-laws, like how are you going to handle your family gatherings? We just don't get a lot of practical experiencing experience talking authentically about sexual intimacy. And so it is awkward. And I always encourage couples, one, to call the awkwardness out. Yeah. So like God works in the light. So the more you say, hey, this is really kind of hard for me to talk about or embarrassing or, you know, whatever it might be, but the more you kind of call it out in the light um, and push through that awkwardness, I think you can start to build a communication bridge with, with each other um, that can help you not only to experience um, this intimate connection to the fullest, but also to address problems because we are wildly naive if we think you're not going to have sexual struggles to some degree, whether it's stuff that from your past that is impacting that, or it's stuff currently in your relationship, or it's physical issues or pain, or um, there's a whole slew of things you and I both know as Christian wives, just there's a whole slew of things that can impact what's going on sexually. So um, building that communication bridge to be able to talk about that. And I just, my first husband and I uh, call it that we were young, that we weren't intentional, um, whatever it was, but it's probably why I have a huge heart for those young married couples and engaged couples to say, Hey, just because you're young and you're a 20 something doesn't mean you're not going to have to put some effort into this. Right. You know, you bring up a really valid point about as far as not feeling pleasure in your marriage. A lot of times as Christians, that's something that we're, no one's having a sermon series about pleasure, about orgasm, you know, know, even like even (laughs) non-sexual pleasure, it's like pleasure is, is sin. Yeah, it is a huge barrier. I think that especially here's the other thing, and particularly I discover it's more an issue for wives than for husbands. But if you know, let's face it, a lot of Christians, I'm not saying all, some completely wait and have are pure at their marriage, but um, a lot of people have had sex, including Christians before marriage. And so for some people, if they really had an enjoyable <laughs> sexual experience outside of marriage, somehow they make this connection that it was the pleasure um, that is inherently sinful or bad. And so we kind of make this thought that, oh, hot, passionate, orgasmic, you know, take you to a different place kind of pleasure is associated with worldliness or with sin or with not holiness. But if we dig into God's word, we actually discover the exact opposite. I always tell people, you know, God designed us, He was the creator, and the clitoris serves no other purpose, but pleasure. It wasn't in a woman, you know, it wasn't like God put that in as an afterthought. I mean, he's an intentional creator. So he didn't just think pleasure was important for a husband. He thought it was important for a woman as well. And so there's a lot that if we dig in and we start to dispel some of those myths and some of those um, skewed thoughts that we can start as married couples to see how incredibly holy and powerful passionate pleasure is. And then once we kind of make that connection, um, we're probably more willing to discover what it's going to take to experience it. And once we experience it, 
we're probably more willing to want to experience it again. So, so yeah, I just think it's, we have to really unpack those skewed messages to get to the heart of God's heart. Yeah. Well, you've brought up the big O word. Let's just go there. Right. Um, Let's, let's go there. (laughs) Because I think what saddens me is in the work that I do, and I'm sure that you find this too, in the work that you do, that there are sadly so many women who have literally never experienced orgasm. And I'm like, if I was a man, if I was a husband, I would not be okay with that. And there are many who either we know that a some wives fake it and that's a whole nother conversation a lot of wives fake it and so some husbands might feel like oh well I'm, I'm doing a great job and and then there are those wives who maybe they again just for what reasons we just discussed maybe they feel like I shouldn't be experiencing pleasure or maybe I don't even need to experience pleasure and then right. there are those others who just suffer silently and they just have kind of uh, they've accepted their lot in life that this right. how things are so I want to really start to unpack this whole whole idea of a, do you feel that it is realistic for a woman to experience orgasm every time? Should that even be an expectation? And then how can you help a woman who's never experienced orgasm? What are some kind of baby steps? If she's like, I want to experience my first orgasm tonight, something that she and her husband can do to get her there. Okay. So to your first point, your A point, I do think it's realistic. Um, that a woman could experience orgasm every time, particularly if she wants to. Now, I will say more so women than men. There's some women who would be like, you know, I don't have to experience that every time. So I don't want to get legalistic about it. So hear my heart on that. I'm not saying you're less than or anything if you don't want to experience an orgasm every time. What concerns me is if a woman has, like you said, that lot in life has decided, oh, I'm just not experiencing orgasm. So I'm just going to accept that, that every time we have sex, I'm not going to have an orgasm. So the thing I would say is I do think that most wives, once they have experienced an orgasm, would find that, yes, they want to experience that um, consistently in their lovemaking. What I would add, though, is sadly, we've got this idea that um, the only acceptable way to have sex is missionary position, man on top, face to face. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background why we are so um, tied into that that position um, is the only position, only appropriate position. It's mostly because that's what we see in movies. And the reason we see that position in movies is because it's the tamest position that Um, movie makers and TV producers can show us that is acceptable to the widest audience. So you got to keep in mind that um, that is not the only position to have sex. And it's the intercourse, meaning penis and vagina is not the only way to experience orgasm. So kind of the first thing I would say is that a wife really needs to be willing to learn her body. I think some women who've never experienced orgasm are quite amazed at how much stimulation it takes on the clitoris um, to, to reach that ecstasy and that over the edge feeling. And so you have to understand your own body and be willing to coach your husband. And then I would say too, you have to be willing to use, do techniques that aren't just missionary position, whether that's, um, 
use of hands, whether that's use of um, oral stimulation. Um, we could get in talking about sexual toys, which I know people feel differently about that. But I think a husband and wife just with their own capabilities and own techniques of broadening their view of touch and broadening their view of sexual techniques and broadening their view of sexual positions can discover what it will take for her to get over that edge. I mean, I'll say in my own experience, um, my husband and I uh, rarely do I experience orgasm just through penetration alone. I need more stimulation, whether it's uh, manual stimulation with hands, whether it's oral, whether it's uh, different positions, whatever it might be. So um, I guess I probably answered both things that um, you have to be willing to believe it's possible. And one little caveat I want to add to about the whole faking it thing. I understand some women fake it. Their heart is in the right place particularly young wives, because they don't, we have this misguided idea that a man intuitively understands how to please a woman sexually, where we get this, whether we get it from entertainment or locker room talk or whatever, we kind of expect the man to know what to do. And I think that's an unfair assumption. Good Lord, on any given day, a woman doesn't even understand her own body. So to expect a man to understand that landscape just intuitively without any guidance is not fair. So some women fake because they're protecting his ego. They want him to feel like the man. And I always say, well, I understand your heart. So I'm not going to admonish you for your heart, but it brings a lie into your marriage bed. So it's it's this most sacred place that should be the safe, sacred, vulnerable place. We've already brought in something that is counterfeit. And the other thing I would add about that is you're not experiencing pleasure. So not only is this underlying counterfeit thing going on, but also at the end of the day or the end of the lovemaking session, you still have not experienced that release and that orgasm and that amazing feeling. So we have to be willing to have hard conversations and we have to be willing to be teachable. So if there's guys listening to this or your wife shares this with you or whatever it might be, let her teach you and um, explore different techniques together. Because I I guarantee once you figure out what it's going to take, you'll know. I mean, you'll know what it's going to take and the kind of pressure, the kind of um, touch or the kind of position or whatever, you'll know. Mm-hmm. You bring up such a great point about the, there's a scripture that says, let the marriage bed be undefiled. We always think, okay, we, it has to be undefiled by not bringing in third parties and bringing in porn. Or, But I think one of the ways that be defiled is like you said, with deception, with mm-hmm. lies, even though they're rooted in good intentions, there's lies. And I think another thing, when I think of intimacy, intimacy to me is being fully known. And so if you do not allow yourself as a woman to feel orgasm, or you're just, you don't want your husband, or maybe your husband has never experienced you really having an orgasm, then are you really being fully seen and fully known? Exactly. I could not agree with you more. (laughs) And the thing I would say too, is that most men, like, I mean, I hear from a lot of husbands, I have a lot of conversations, you know, I hear from, from husbands and they want their wife to experience pleasure. Now I recognize there's some selfish spouses out there that it's all about them, but the majority of people I hear from and talk to, 
they want their spouse to experience intense pleasure. And I say all these things are very complimentary. I am as turned on by turning my husband on as I am by my own pleasure. So I think they feed into each other that when you become very comfortable with your own passion, your own pleasure, your own orgasm, your own arousal, it really feeds into the bond between the two of you because you want that for each other. And you are the source of that, that to know that it's, that's your privilege as a spouse Mm. to help your spouse experience this incredible feeling and experience that they can't ethically go get someplace else. I mean, that's an empowering thing. And so as much as I think in Christian circles, we'd like to downplay orgasmic pleasure. I always am trying to upplay it because I think it feeds well into emotional and spiritual connection. I completely agree. And I think, you know, one thing we need to keep in mind is that it does take women a lot longer to orgasm than men. Typically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Orgasm typically in a couple minutes, whereas most women are going to need, you know, way more than that. So when you're speaking to husbands, what are some practical things that husbands can do? Like I talk a lot about foreplay. I think foreplay is so important. And some men, they don't really understand the value of foreplay. It's like, well, I'm turned on, let's go. You know, so what are some things that men can do practically to help their wives out in this area? Well, definitely, I would say foreplay. You and I are kindred spirits on that. I I think foreplay, because here's what happens with a woman's body, both mentally and physically. It can be, you know, I think there is some kind of truth that men can compartmentalize maybe a little better than women can. So before lovemaking starts, you know, she may still be thinking about kids and work and house and dishes and all that. So for her to switch gears mentally, it's just going to, her body's going to have to get in line with that a little bit. Well, how her body gets in line with that is through that foreplay. So that what I would say, um, the touch is a huge thing. And that's figuring out too, what your spouse finds arousing. You know, some people, it's like you start with a good back rub and that can lead places. Other people need a lot of light touch. Um, Some people it's, they need the emotional connection first. So we carve out this time, we sit and talk for a while. Um, So all that lends itself well to foreplay. And I would say, ask the question, you know, be willing to say what feels good to you. And as a spouse, be willing to say back what feels good to you. You know, if you need more foreplay, don't expect your spouse to intuitively know that say, Hey, I need a little more. I need more time before we go there. So um, that speaking authentically, the other thing I would say is clothed um, expression of affection throughout the day. Meaning like, I think there's a lot to be said, what happens when our clothes are on tends to speak volumes about what's going to happen when our clothes come off. So the better you can get, and I know everybody says like, well, I'm not good at PDA or public display of affection. Well, it doesn't have to necessarily be public display affection, just affection. You know, how, how much are you willing to kiss your spouse in the morning or to put your hand on their waist or to hold their hand or to, um, in a private setting, you know, in your own kitchen or your own, uh, living room, whatever, be able to touch them sensually, um, while their clothes are on mm-hmm. the more a couple can build that into their relationship. I think it helps a ton, um, to get our mindset towards, um, the pleasurable experience, of sexual intimacy. So those, those are things husbands, I would say 
um, ask her what she needs. And wives, you have a responsibility to learn what you need. Yeah. I mean, you do, you really have a, this is a marriage. Like it's, I always say marriage is a place for grownups and you got to own your stuff and, and start to figure out like, Hey, if, if I haven't enjoyed sex, why haven't I enjoyed sex? What is it? Is it stuff from my past? Is it skewed messages I have rolling around in my head? What is it? Or is it that I haven't coached my husband on how to please me sexually? Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of things, but they're not as hard as I think sometimes we think they are. Yeah. I always say, you know, you move in that direction and, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I'm too tired for sex and it's like, okay, I've had a lot of great sex in 15 minutes, 20 <laughs> minutes, you know, uh, you can say you're too tired, but I always say, you know, if you're always too tired, there's something else that needs to be adjusted in, in your life or your household or something, because once you kind of start to move in the direction, it's amazing how you can really kind of wake up. Oh yeah. I mean, if someone were to say, Hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but you have to come out at 12 o'clock to get it. We would not be too tired for that. Right. We will. So, <laughs> so a lot of times people are too tired because really it's like, well, the, the reward is really not worth it. I'd rather go to sleep than to endure 15 minutes of boring sex. Right. Exactly. Let's just call it out. So, and I always say too, there's nothing wrong with scheduled sex. You know, I get some people push back on me about that and say, oh, it's not spontaneous then. And I, I always say, gosh, if you have it on the calendar, like, oh, you know, we're going to have sex this night, or that's our date night and our date night always involves sex or whatever, you know, once you're in the throes of it, no one is thinking, gosh, this is so much worse because it was on the calendar or because we scheduled it or planned it. So I, I just challenge people on that, whether it's scheduled or not scheduled. I think once you're in the throes of it, and once you're experiencing that body on body contact and that touch and that emotional connection, I don't think anybody's like really micromanaging how they got there. <laughs> so, That's great. Right, right. Awesome. Well, Julie, thank you so very much. This has been so we could talk for forever, but we could. Maybe we'll have you back again. Um, yeah. I this, this is very enlightening. And I know that there's going to be women and men, husbands and wives who are really going to be encouraged by this conversation. So thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. And I would encourage people to go to my website, intimacyandmarriage.com. And then if I can, I'll put a plug in for, it's actually my friend's book. It's called Unlock Your Orgasm. Okay. Who's and the author? What's her name? Or his her name is Bonnie Logston Burns. Okay. Bon Bonnie Logston Burns. And uh, she's written, this is for wives. This is really, there's a section for husbands, but it's really um, a Christian book for wives. But if you've struggled having an orgasm, this book, I can't say enough good about it. I just think she knows her stuff and it's a very practical and helpful and insightful book. So Unlock Your Orgasm by Bonnie Logsdon Burns. Yeah. Yeah. I'll link to that in the show notes of this podcast, as well as I will link to your website, Intimacy and Marriage, so that people can find out all the things that Julie does and um, and they can connect with you more. For, you've got time resources and blogs and all kinds. I do. In fact, I just did a new video series for wives called jumpstart your intimacy. I can send you that link if you want to put it, but it's a, only a $29 um, video series. It's three videos and PDFs and like a really great, you know, easy way to kind of dig into, wow, you know, I just think sex in our marriage could be a bit more and 
um, here's some tips and insights to get you there. So yeah, but yeah, lots of resources. I have over a thousand blog posts. Um, I have a free PDF handout out there. So, you know, there's no excuse for not finding great information from Christian authors and speakers. Yeah. The resources are there. We just have to be willing to do the work. So, all right, Julie. Well, thank you again. Have a great rest of your day. It was a pleasure. It was my pleasure being with you. I hope we can do it again. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, my friends, you are welcome. You're welcome. I told you that you were going to love that conversation. And I hope that you are thinking, you know what? I never knew that. Is that what that clitoris is all about? I didn't know what the purpose of that thing was. You know, I'm so thankful for Julie and others who are willing to have conversations like this and who are willing to lead in conversations like this. This is not a message that you're going to hear preached in your church. This is not something that you're going to be taught by your parents, most likely. So we leave it up to the marriage experts to talk about this very crucial part of our marriages, which is experiencing pleasure. You know, I think about in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, when God created the world, the Bible says that he created the heavens and the earth and the stars and the moon and the plants and all of that. And he said that it is good. And then when he created humankind, he called it very good. And I just want to peek into God's mind about what was so very good. I know my theologian friends are going to say, oh, because we were made in the Imagio Dei, we were made in his image. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I agree. Praise the Lord. Right. But I think when God looked at man and woman and them figuring things out (laughs) for the first time, he was like, that's good stuff right there. That's very good. And so... I just really want to reduce and eliminate, really, the shame that comes around talking about these very specific sexual topics. I think that as grown folks, as married people, we can talk about sex in a way that is not crass or dirty or weird, um, but that it's just real and that it's it's blunt and that it's honest and that it's life-giving. And so that is what I pray, my friends, that you hear every single time that you listen to one of these episodes. Now, Julie's episode was actually supposed to originally be a part of the Shameless Sex series that we just completed, but due to scheduling issues, we couldn't fit it in. And so here's a bonus for you. You can find Julie's info. You can find her website. You can find resources and all of those types of things at intimacyandmarriage.com. And I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes of this podcast that you can always head over to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 81. And as always, you guys, I so appreciate your shares. I appreciate you telling others, your friends and fam about this podcast. I appreciate those of you who have reviewed the podcast and have given it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You guys, it's so interesting. I'll tell you this one quick thing and then we'll be done. So back in the day, Apple Podcasts like held the market on podcasts. And now most people listen to this show on Spotify. So whether you're listening on Spotify Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, anybody listening on Pandora? What about Alexa? What about Stitcher? There are so many different platforms that Real Relationship Talk can be found. And so wherever you are listening, I would love for you to rate the show. I would love for you to share the show with one person this week. It doesn't have to be this episode if you think they're going to get all weird and scary on you, but maybe there's another episode that you know can help your friend or your family. So with that being said, you guys, love you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. It is my absolute joy and privilege and honor to bring you these shows every single week. Hey, if there is an episode or a topic that you would like for me to cover 
why don't you shoot me an email? You can reach me at info at danashay.com. That's I-N-F-O at D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com. Well, that's it for our show today, you guys. Have a very blessed week and go have yourself an orgasm tonight. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shay. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcasts. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.